Hello, this is Tim Marr, and this is Failing Up. Thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful, wonderful musical introduction. I mean, you just really set the tone of this show. You know, there you are over there in the in the corner with your jacked up, souped up, synthesized keyboard, just really letting it rip. Show in, podcast in, and podcast out. It's just amazing, totally amazing. As uh, this is Tim Marr. Recording this podcast from the studio bowels in the basement located on the shores of the beautiful Seneca River. Partially covered in ice sometimes. Melting. It was warm the other day, so it's melting, but flowing. Flowing north. One of the few rivers, I believe, that flows north. That's the Oswego River. Right up into the mighty Great Lake of Ontario. What a beautiful, powerful lake that is that, that goes right up into the St. Lawrence Seaway through 1,000 islands right out into the Atlantic Ocean and around the world, just like my voice. Or if you make a left, you're going to head on over to Toronto, beautiful city Toronto, or a little south, you're going to go over to Buffalo, grab a barrel, go over to Niagara Falls, one of the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes are just a phenomenon. These are these inland oceans, the Great Lakes. If you ever have a chance, get out and see them. I mean, Lake Michigan, go walk the shores of Chicago along Lake Michigan. Oh my goodness gracious, it's hard to believe it's, hard to believe it's a lake. Individuals who grew up along the ocean have a hard time uh believing that these lakes are actually lakes and they're not uh they're not the ocean because they're not like little bodies of water where you you pop in in your inner tube and you wade around i mean these are powerful lakes with gigantic ships on them and unimaginable depths and storms that sink these ships it's just really um incredible these these great lakes that we have and uh so uh beautiful so get up there and and have a chance to take a look at them recording this podcast on the uh, last weekend in February of 2022. February is, you know, buzzing through. A lot of people here in the Northeast, you know, they say, oh, this is the time of year that really gets to me. You know, winter's really getting to me right now. You know, the coldness. And I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. First of all, I don't think anybody can really have it anymore. Because of global warming, we just really don't get winter like we once did. You know, winter really doesn't hit here now until January. Uh, where it used to hit hardcore in November. So right around January, you might get, you know, and then it's January, February, you know, and winter's a beautiful, it's beautiful. I don't ski. I don't ski. Uh, I used to go to the ski lodge when I was a teenager. It's where I met my uh, first girlfriend. I used to go to the ski lodge dressed in a ski jacket, me and another buddy, because another one of our friends was a very good skier. So he would go ski. We would hang out in the ski lounge and have beers, because you could then, and talk to all the skiers. I thought it was kind of fun, but I didn't ski. Uh, toboggan, toboggan down some big hills, which was fun, and a snowmobile growing up, which was always fun. But the winter, you know, the winter for me meant, you know, you go outside, you play in the snow a little bit, maybe do, you know, grab a snowmobile, uh, do a little toboggan. But really, for me, the winter was a time to get in the basement and play ping pong. Played ping pong all winter long. Board hockey and ping pong. You know, that's where I became a ping pong player was the fact that I lived in the Northeast. And, there were, you know, you had a couple things you could do. You could play hockey. I can't skate to save my life. You could, um, uh, you know, you could play um, ping pong in the basement. And so a great sport. And, and that's what I would do. You know, I had a neighbor friend of mine who was a good player. And we would we would just play for hour upon hour um, throughout the weekend. We would just uh, play ping pong. Really good. Really fun. Got myself uh, out there playing. Until I went and joined some tournaments later in life, you know, and realized... Wow, there are some people who are really good at ping pong. Whew, man, really good. So, um, really, uh, recording this episode 
of the podcast after, uh, you know, a tragic week here in our history, our global history. Because, you know, once again in history, there's a war. A war. An unprovoked war. Where a big bully, a huge country, marches across the border and attacks another country. Why do they do it? They do it because they want power. They do it because they want real estate. And so uh, Russia, as we all know by now, has, you know, mercilessly invaded the Ukraine, bombarding the Ukraine, taking over uh, parts of the Ukraine, as the Ukraine people valiantly, valiantly fight. You know, uh, it was yesterday where a Russian ship went by some Ukrainian soldiers and then informed them that they were a Russian ship and to put down their weapons and put down or they will be harmed. And the shoulders said, F you, and they were killed. So that's some, that shows you the spirit of those people. But you can't, I can't imagine, you know, I was trying to imagine as you saw the build up to this war where people were walking the streets in Kiev and, uh, you know, kind of normal. I was trying to think, you know, what would that be like knowing that, you know, in our case, maybe say Canada was building up and, and they're prepared to invade. And everything you know is going to is going to change and is going to is going to go away through this violent act. Um, and so far, you know, just the the massive bombings, the killing, and you know, that's war. War is killing, displacing, horror. And, and when you take a, a dictator or an evil man, who I believe at this point has lost whatever marbles he had left, has lost whatever scruples he's had left, uh, that's in Putin. And uh, you just ramble into this overpowered, you know, this country. Uh, it's just sad. I mean, it's it's a sad time. And I think, um, I hope, and I know, you know, there's been sanctions and I know that there's um, other things, but there's going to have to come a point where there's going to have to be more. There's going to have to be more. And when does it end? I mean, what is it? You know, does it ever end? Is war? Um, we always act surprised when we hear about a war, but there's really nothing to be surprised about. I mean, war is as old as the world. As go go back to the beginning of the world. There's always been war, man. There's always been war, and it's it's like people say, well, history repeats itself, and you, we never ever get it. There's always war. It's War, what's it good for? Absolutely nothing. That's right. It just feeds the undertaker. But there's always war. And every time a, a new war comes about, many of us act surprised. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe we're at war. And it's almost like, you know, the, with the shootings, these, these, these rampant shootings. But we, so it's the, the war, war, this horrible you know, war. And it's hard to, you know, I grew up at a time, you know, I was a kid. I grew up in the 60s as a kid. I was uh, 0 to 10. I turned 10 in 1969. And then, you know, my teen years up until 74, I was a teen. And the Vietnam War was, you know, raging and coming down. And so I grew up with war on the news. It was a way, it was just a way of life. War and more war than peace. And, but my entire life, there have been songs about peace and love and getting together and forgiveness, but there's still a war. There's still something where 
some country, some leader feels the need to, through violence, gain something, whether it be geographical property or whether it be power, and, and it repeats itself. I mean, the exact methodology that Putin's using is the same methodology that Hitler used, you know, you know, country expansion, the way he's invading it. I mean, it's like deja vu all over again. And, uh, and now we have so many weapons where we can blow up the whole freaking planet. You know, the planet is life. And we, we, we've come to the point where humans, supposedly the most intelligent life form, human beings, this is interesting, human beings, us, not me, but not by any stretch of the imagination, not me. I'm not one of the most uh, uh, intelligent. I'm not one of the most intelligent life forms at all. Whoa, that was a little loud. I'm not one of the most intelligent life forms at all. But humans, human beings, you know, we, we have electric cars. We've invented all these great inventions. But all these, most of our inventions and most of our comforts and most of the way that we're able to enjoy life, even gain independence. Now we're, now we're so dependent on, on these iPhones. We can't live without them. Take, take your iPhone away for a week. Try to live a week without any type of, of iPhone. See what, see how that goes for you. Okay. And, um, but human, but all these things have, have consequences. You know, was it, is it good? I don't know. Pollution. You know, and in the meantime, what suffers is this planet of ours that we live on, which is a breathing, living entity life earth is life you know earth breathes that's why we have air and oxygen and atmosphere and you know we're made up of 80 percent or whatever it is of water earth is made up earth is a reflection of us you know you chop out our lungs we can't breathe you chop out the trees the earth can't breathe uh, you do things that are unhealthy to your body you're gonna suffer you know you do things that are unhealthy to earth we're gonna suffer but we don't get it, you know. And then, and then, then we then we have this reoccurring. So we're so brilliant. Then we have war, war. And who, you know, I, and I don't have to say who suffers. Everybody knows the horrendous, the, the horrors of, you know. I've never, fortunately, been in a war. I've had a relative who has, but I don't know. Um, but it's the innocent, and what's gained at the end of it. You know, what really is is is, is sickening. Is that after these wars and after all the murdering and the killing and the sacrifice, eventually, years and years and years and years later, sometimes things just go back to the way they were. And then and then there's tourist sites and people go, oh, this is where the great battle was fought. This is the, you know, people go back to Vietnam or people go back here and so, oh, you know, this is where that battle was fought. And and that's historic, but but at that time, there was some person there who was scared shitless who who was afraid they were going to die or was in excruciating pain and dying. I don't think when they were laying there bleeding on that ground, they were thinking, oh, someday this is going to be a tourist site and I'm going to be able to um, uh, be visited by some you know, nice people. I, I don't think that was the... But anyway, so we have a yet again, yet again, another war. And, and what do you do? I mean, what do you, how, how does it ever end? How does this cycle that's gone on for thousands of years, <clears throat> excuse me, ever end? Is it just human nature, or is it something else? I don't know. But I, you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not here to to have any answers or to do anything except state the obvious, which everyone is feeling in in you know our prayers, 
and our thoughts you know, are with those individuals in Ukraine, those, those families, and I can't even imagine, you know, huddled in train stations. I saw a baby who was just born in a train station trying to leave as an airport is blown up and trying to get out of a country and leaving it all behind. I can't imagine. I cannot fathom that. And I pray some. I pray I never will have to. And, um, but it's just, it's something that I, you know, you feel helpless and, and, and you wonder, you know, what, 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 what is it in our culture? What is it in our breed of people that, um, that make war a normal part of, of our existence because it's an ugly part, but it's a normal part. And what, why is it that peace isn't, you know, and all the atrocities through, you know, thousands of years, you, know, you think of all the wars, you think of all the reasons for all the wars, you think of what was gained and really what wasn't gained. And who instigates the war? And sometimes, you know, you have to get involved in the fight. You know, sometimes you got to, or things are just going to go really bad. Um, but it's really, you know, it's an unnerving, it's an unnerving cycle because sometimes you feel like, you know, and, and being in the United States, being, you know, in somewhat geographically removed, which that isn't really, uh, the, the case as it once was, yeah, we're geographically removed, but the world's a much smaller place now. It's a very small place, the world. And so, um, to, uh, you know, to be in the United States and, and somewhat, as I said, geographically removed, you, you know, you can't, you can't fathom what that's like to have an enemy right on your, your side, your border there. And, um, and, and it's kind of, you know, geez, it, could, it could happen here. It could ever, you know, we were attacked here, actually. And, and then, um, so it can happen anywhere. But it makes you, it just makes you pause and say, why? You know, what would it take for there never to be another war as long as we lived? What would it take? You know, and is that even um, possible or is that just a, a fantasy? You know, as long as there are certain elements, as long as there are, um, you know, sides, as long as there are things that people want, as long as people, you know, think my way is the right way, your ways that don't understand cultures and all these things, it happens, you know, it happens. And, um, it's really, uh, just tragic. It's really just tragic. And no matter who the leaders are, who are trying to, you know, uh, deal with the situation. There's not a lot of magic wands you wave. You know, in conflict, conflict builds to to a point. Conflict can escalate, obviously. Conflict escalates when you have all these issues and you see the conflict escalating. And um, if you're if you're unable to really act at that point and resolve it, then it's going to go to an extreme. And um, and once it gets to that point, once it gets to the point where the conflict is at that extreme, where action is being taken, um, it's very difficult to resolve it. And when the action being taken is some form of violence, 
the consequences of that, the, the, the um, what occurs because of that is permanent. You know, loss of life, loss of, of family, loss that's permanent. It changes um, the way we, um, we, 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 we do things. You know, but I'm really just kind of rambling. You know, it's kind of kind of in shock, and and you know, you watch the news and you see uh, the bravery of the people of Ukraine, and, and and you know, hopefully something will will resolve this this conflict um, sooner as opposed to later. And there's always going to be another one. Unfortunately, you know, and as, as, as they Lenin saying, you know, give peace a chance, and it seems this world. This world has never been willing to give peace a chance. And I, I don't know why that is, but as long as there are leaders, as long as there are leaders who want things, as long as there's all these elements, there's always going to be a freaking war, you know? And, um, you know, it makes you sick to your stomach, you know? And what is it good for? You know, they're, as I said, you know, World War II, uh, the Europeans and the, we had to go defend ourselves from, from potential tyranny. But, um, but what is war good for? Nothing. And um, hopefully, again, this will find a way uh, to end shortly. But, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're uh, getting through. You know, we have, heck, we have a Congress that can't even get along for all that, for all that stuff. But, but you know, um, and you get that numb feeling again. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. But that's, uh, you know, and I, but I think, you know, at times like this, you know, instead of focusing as I rambled on that whole spiel about uh, war, I think about the great peace people, the great people who have used peace effectively. You know, I think of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and then the courage he had with peace. And you think of, you know, someone like Gandhi and you think of, you know, individuals who who preached and lived peace. And many of them got killed. Most of them get killed. But but that message doesn't that message doesn't fall uh to the wayside. You know, it's a uh, that um and as long as that message is there you know, just like a warm spring breeze on a February day. That warmth and that hope is there that somehow, you know, we can give peace a chance. And somehow, uh, peace will overcome. That's the hope. And that's probably me being a little bit naive. And I'm going to tell you something, I'm a lot of bit naive. And, uh, you know, so again, the people of Ukraine, our prayers, and all are with you and hoping that, you know, this, this ends and um, no one will ever be the same again, but we just can hope that this ends. So this is Tim Marr. This is Failing Up uh, on a Saturday, last Saturday of February. Be rolling into March pretty soon. Uh of St. Patrick's Day. We smell in spring in about, oh, 24 days. That'll be great. And uh, here at Jungle Gym, that means it's time to get out of here. Let's just say let's give peace a chance. Let's give peace a chance.